Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. We have a night! Uh huh. Night! Echo! Hold on to your butt. And now for something completely different. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Knights of Nerditude, a podcast for all things nerd. I am your host this week, Sean. I'm here with. Sam. And on the nerd hotline, we've got... We're going. We don't need podcasts. It's John. Nice. And uh, and Chris is not joining us this week. He's uh, training for next year's uh, July 4th hot dog eating contest. Oh, good for him. So, yeah. Good luck with that, Chris. Well, we have a... Well, he's got a family to support now, so... Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, have a, we have an action-packed uh, episode... Not really. Um, no, we got we got a couple uh, movie reviews and uh, a little bit of news to talk about. Uh, but let's hop right into this uh, Star Wars trivia, as per usual. Uh, so last week we were on vacation. I'm going to say that John was on vacation. Yeah. Sam and I just didn't feel like talking to each other, so we were all on vacation. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was it was a nice vacation. Yeah. Uh, so. Two weeks ago, I posted uh, the Star Wars trivia question. So that was, what kind of poison dart does Jango Fett use to kill Sam uh, Wiesel? Anybody? Uh, it's oh, it's from the planet, right? Yeah, it's the cloner planet, Camino, Camino, right? What kind? What Camino? What? Oh. Zima. No, Sam, it's not Zima. The answer's not always Zima. <laughs> The answer is never Zima. Unfortunately. Uh, it's the Camino Saber Dart, John. Oh. Yes. You know who makes those? Cloners. Cloners! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That has to be the weirdest character in all of Star Wars. Yeah. Just, like, he has a mustache. Yeah. And four arms. Yeah, it's like... Well, and his pants don't fit. A, like why does <laughs> why is that scene in there? Like why did we need it? Who is this character? Why does he know Obi Wan? Why does he never come up again? Why has he never come up before? Like what's going on? Maybe we're gonna explore his character in the new Obi Wan solo film. He should get a solo movie, <laughs> right? Like was it Dexter? Right? Is it Dexter? Was it like Drax or something? Maybe it is Drax. Drax's diner, maybe. Draxter. Drax? Some guy? I don't know. I, yeah. He should have a spinoff movie. Right. Like, he was an interesting enough character. Like, yeah. I don't know who he was or why he was there, so maybe we could explain that in the, uh... uh in the solo film. Solo movie. Well, not solo. The Obi-Wan film. Let's never speak of solo ever again. Anyways... Uh, so this week's question was, um, yeah, with which Jedi illegally authorizes Kamino to create a clone army for the Republic? So post your answers on Facebook. Uh, I know Richard still does. Of course. This is another hard one, right? Like it's some random dude we never even meet. Right? Yeah. They yeah. only the, the, uh, only on Kamino is his name ever stated. Like once. I think it was like a couple times but still yeah like anyways um yeah so that's uh that's that 
Uh, Testament, by the way, to Sam and I to never show enough initiative to look these up to get the answers on our own in between yeah. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it's lucky if I remember what the question was by the end of the podcast. Yeah. I feel like the uh, the original trilogy is going to be very easy, or was very easy, because we've seen those enough, and then the prequels are just tough because, I mean, we've seen them, like, a few times comparatively. Because, I mean, if I sit down, I'm like, I want to watch Star Wars. I'm not going to pop on the prequels. Yeah, I'm not going to watch Attack of the Clones. No. I'm only there gonna... was definitely, there's definitely a point, like, ten years ago, because of, like, how young I was and just, like, had no, like, didn't really care that much that the prequels were, like, shitty, where I probably watched the prequels just as much as I'd watched the original trilogy. Well, they were new as well. Like, yeah, that that's kind of the other thing, like, Still I mean, have their it's, sheen it's, on them. It's been ten years. They've haven't aged that well. Had that new movie smell. Yeah. I I st- I have Attack of the Clones on VHS. That's how long ago that came out. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be one of the last ones. I think so. I think it was the last one. Um. Anyway. Yeah. So news. Yeah, we got some good news, John. You can you can start off some news. All right. Well. I'll start off today with the uh, it being Wednesday uh, in the podcast world, and some news that just uh, broke earlier today that uh, set the uh, film internet world on fire, uh, very much like some sparklers in a California forest. Um, <laughs> oh, that's bad. So it was announced that the um, uh, Academy of Motion Picture Art and Sciences, the people who uh, put on the Oscars, uh, are doing a couple of things to, I guess, help out with uh, future broadcasts. Um, so, and I guess, too, I was reading a story in Variety that came out late today that I guess they got a lot of pushback from ABC because, like, the ratings just, like, shit the bed. Yeah, so the like, past, like, five years, it's progressively gotten worse to the point where it's, like, in the teens at this point. Yeah, it's... It, they were saying like people under thirty five are it, like the ratings are down like sixty percent from like twenty fourteen, which is yeah. not good at all. Yeah. So to combat this, uh, they've done two things that aren't really the end of the world. First off, is they're going to move up the ceremony like to the beginning of February, starting next year. Yep. Next year, as in twenty twenty. For the 2019 movie, so 2018 is still going to be like late February, and they're also, I believe, starting this year, going to, I guess, just put all all the stuff people don't care about, like the technical and like the short movies and stuff. They're going to just keep doing those while the show's in commercial break, and then just edit them and show them later. Very confusing how they're going to accomplish that. Don't feel like that's entirely the way they need to go, truth be told. But, like, I do understand where, like, the ABC people are coming from. That, like, we kind of want to see the big stars and not necessarily... While I think it's very important that they honor, like, you know, costume and, you know, production design and sound mixing and sound editing as two separate things. For some um, reason. Right. That I could understand kind of trying to just get those in and out as quick as possible, which, okay. What I think really struck people <laughs> is that 
they're going to add a new award uh, to help sort of extend a hand to the modern, uh, well, let's let's just call them the uh, everyday dumbass. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you mean Transformer fans. Right, and it's going to be called Outstanding Achievement in Popular Movies or Cinema or something like that. Essentially saying, like, now, they haven't actually defined what that is, but <laughs> yeah. it's the assumption that it's going to be honoring the big blockbusters of the year, like some best crowning achievement in a popular movie, and just like, what the hell are they doing? Like, first of all, this just seems really out of touch. Right. Where it's like, oh, you guys like them popular movies? Here's a category of them. Yeah. Here. That's what you want. You want you want to crown the king of the shit? Here's the <laughs> king of the shit. <laughs> it's oh. like they're literally creating a second class of movie. Yeah. Yeah. When there's no reason for it. Okay, so like, I obviously two movies that have come out this year that are very obviously going to be on that docket for this upcoming Oscar is Infinity War and Black Panther. You would think, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two of the biggest grossing movies of this year. Um, the thing is that I don't understand why movies like that don't get some kind of nod in the Oscars. For what? Though? I don't... I. I don't know, but there's like adapted screenplay or something. I don't yeah, like. But best picture, a best picture nomination. Listen, so no, I would, know, I would never put them down as best picture. Well, okay, hear hear, hear me out though. So ten years ago, um, they decided to expand the field, which was always, I believe, five or had been for you know the last seventy, eighty years, whatever had been five movies, just like all the other categories. So they excited to expand it to ten, and then they eventually um, expanded it to no more than ten, depending on how many people voted, you know, what percentage of the vote certain movies got. But the thought there was, you know, if you add, like, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, cat, um, if you have that many nominees, you can kind of expand the, the base a little bit. Throw a couple other things in the basket, you know. Yeah. Maybe like you know the big blockbustery kind of movies that are not only commercially successful but critically acclaimed. Um, truthfully, we haven't had a lot of those, but we have had some. You know, Avatar would be one. Yep. Some of those Pixar movies, I would definitely throw in that camp. Mm -hmm. um, Dunkirk, to a lesser extent, last year definitely qualified. Like, I don't think that really makes it if you only have five. Um, but to throw to throw this in is gonna really it's gonna really piss people off, and I'll I'll tell you what just I already foresee happening here is like okay so you know let's just let's just say what it Black Panther right right it's gonna be nominated for this popular movie category and not the other one and it's going to look really fucking bad yeah yeah. Like it's like, but you get your own water fountain, aren't you happy? <laughs> right, <laughs> e yeah. exactly. I yeah. and I, I saw the word separate but equal were thrown around a couple times today, <laughs> and it's not, <laughs> it's not entirely untrue. No, right? yeah, no, because it, I think the only other thing similar to this is you know when they added the animated category, 
But like animated movies are so distinct from live action movies. Yeah. That and there's and so the market much... has grown. And right. Because I mean, it used to be just Disney who put out the animated. Now you know you've got other um, companies that are putting it out. There's animated films overseas that are nominated every uh, every year. So I mean, yeah, and I'm like, okay with animated. And being that there. category is still measuring quality. Yeah. It's yeah. It's it's a separate kind, but like still about quality this popular right. movie is it about quality no because you already have best picture like, what i want to know is the guidelines on like, how they're going to determine a winner like i like is it does it come down to like you know technical specs and stuff like that like yeah it's like, like what because i mean like because I, I so you know infinity war which comes out next tuesday on uh blu-ray and dvd it's currently on uh Digital for anybody who, out there who's interested. Um, but with a movie like that, like I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was an excellent movie. Um, I'm trying to see if we even have it on our board. We don't have it yet. No, yeah, because Chris has that and he's uh, training for the hot dog I, eating I, contest. I think we gave it reasonably high scores, though, yeah. but nothing nothing that but, blew the pants but off. I, I, but like I said, when I, I watched that film, I saw like scenes where like the CGI was just bad. And yeah, like, and it, it was really stuffed, and yeah. it didn't flow that well, the and, story. And even Black Panther, like, because I'm going technicals, not story and whatnot, but, like, Black Panther, I felt, like, the rhinos, like, why did they need the war rhinos? They looked kind of, like they rhinos. looked so goofy and bad, like, the CGI wasn't really good on them and there was really a need for it yeah i i feel like there could have been a better way for them to do it i don't know but i mean those are technical specifics that where i sit down i look at them and i dock both those movie scores for that reason and here's here's another thing about this infinity wars and black panther do they really need a tiny gold uh statue they already have a billion dollars each sorry two billion if you're infinity war uh, both. Are they both two billion? I believe so. They're yeah, the highest like, grossing films. I don't of the think year. they need tiny gold statues to really cement their place in history. Yeah, uh, Black Panther just crossed the seven hundred million domestic um, threshold, which was only previously held by was it Avatar? I forget what the other movie was, but it was a I've. Yeah, I forget what the other movie was, but yeah, like it's yeah, the it's done top well. three. Yeah, top three <laughs> grossing well. movies of all time um, domestically. Yeah, which is incredible, and I mean, is a testament in into it of itself of the quality of the movie and how you know much people want to see it. You know, it's like we sort of already you know if you want to sh- talk about what's the most popular movie that's good. I mean, it's almost always the highest grossing movie of the year. I would say you'd hope. Hmm. It yeah. isn't always because, like you know, Transformers. <laughs> the first like, was that three was that ever highest? That was highest grossing for that year. Uh they were pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a giant shit show, and the funny thing is too is that literally all of this is like the movie the movie studios doing because you know there's been this trend like the last five ten years maybe where movies these days are either on one side or another. Like, they're either big box office, like, you know, spectacles that are, like, $100 million plus, 
or they're like indie sort of movies that are like 20 million and under. Like there's no that sort of like meaty like 50 million dollar movie. Like I compare it a lot to like there's nothing like The Fugitive that comes out anymore. Something that's, you know, got some sort of background and production value to it, but at the end of the day is kind of uh, you know, it's it's a popcorn movie, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And it, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very rare to see one like in between. Yeah, so I mean the studios really like the big studios and I didn't even realize this, but I saw a list of all of them of, you know, most of the nominees the last couple of years, they're not really from like the big what is it, big six studios or whatever it is, mm-hmm. by and large. Um, like most like the vast majority are from like all these little uh I don't want to call them mom and pop, but all these little independent ones. So it's well. There's a lot. Like, was it Fox Searchlight? Is one of yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. Like, there'll be like at, at best like little spin-off studios. Yeah, there's like AS24 or something like that. Is another one yeah, that does one. A yeah, bunch. like Focus, like yep. Searchlight or Spot or something like that. I think that. it's Searchlight. Yeah, I mean Netflix, Amazon are very much in that mix too. Yeah. Um. Even though I wouldn't exactly consider them small, but um. Movie wise, I would. Yeah, well, they're not they're not going they're not trying to kill it at the box office. Right, I'll, I'll say right. that much. Um, yeah, I I feel like there's a decent chance this doesn't even ever happen. Like this has gotten like I, very rarely you see someone just come out and just like shit themselves this bad. Mm-hmm. Like people like I haven't seen one positive piece of being like oh well maybe you know. I mean, the whole, like I said, the whole point of expanding Best Picture was supposed to be to, like, widen the base and, like, bring in some new stuff. Yeah. And, well, and, you know, truthfully, what happened, too, is that the Academy voters really didn't do that. They just kind of picked more sort of niche indie movies that, you know, yeah, yeah they I like, just weren't think, able to get in before. I think that the best example of a high-grossing good film that people enjoyed that got nominated recently is mad max yeah and it got nominated for like technical stuff lo- which is what it deserved and best picture though was it yeah it best picture yeah it was yeah i but, mean i think get out was a hundred ended up as a hundred million dollar movie yeah no and get out i mean granted it was a small movie but it was a good movie and yeah. people really enjoyed it it wasn't like one of the and it didn't get a limited release which most of these oscar nominees get which is kind of stupid if well, you think about it. Well, the, the limited release has everything to do with the fact that these are small studios who can't afford to uh, have big releases. You say right. can't afford, and like, I'm pretty sure they can. No, they can't. Eh. No, I don't. I don't think so, though, Sean. Like, they really like a lot of these until they start like getting a lot of buzz towards the award season. Like, it's tough for them to like expand into other theaters. Even then, like, I remember. Um, oh, what was it? Uh, shit. What was the one with the kid in music school with Damon Giselle? Oh, what the fuck is it called? What, uh, oh my god, I can't think. I can't think of it. The, the one, one with J.K. Simmons. Yeah. We know oh, what I'm Whiplash. talking about. Whiplash. Whiplash. I remember, yeah, I remember Whiplash. Like, I forget if that was, that was nominated for at least multiple categories. Yeah. Like, big categories. And, like, that was impossible to hey, find. J.K. took uh, an Oscar home for that movie. Right. And then he and was then in the was snowman. In, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Justice just League. about to say. Yeah, that. and Justice League. Oh, man, he had a tough year last year. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, that's right. 
Oh, it man. was in that five-second clip of Justice League. Yeah. That they put on wow. the trailer. With that joke where, haha, everyone disappeared except for the Flash. Get it? Because it's funny. Like, we saw the entirety of J.K. Simmons is in uh, his all of his scenes in the trailer. Yeah. Guys, we're going to make it one day without talking about the DCEU. <laughs> one day. Unfortunately, not going to be today. No. Uh, any any last thoughts on this? We do have some other stuff. Uh, in the news. There was uh, another thing that they mentioned, like trying to make it more uh, accessible to a global uh, community, I guess. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. So they want to cut it down to three hours total yeah. instead of like four-hour I would be very happy if they just like started it a little earlier. Right, because like eight o'clock on the East Coast, it's kind of brutal. Because, you know, yeah, even it if it end ends at three and three hours, it's still 11 o'clock at night on a work night. Well, remember, though, that's only going to be eight o'clock West Coast time. So, you know. Yeah, but majority of the viewers are probably on the East Coast. I I would not disagree. So. And I don't understand how it can be like accessible to a global audience when you hold it at like eight o'clock East Coast time anyway. Right. Like Europe has been asleep for. Three four hours by yeah. that point, so. they're gonna wake up for it. Yeah, so I mean, I I'd be I'd be very happy if they started like the whole thing. Even if they started it at seven instead of eight, I would have been happy. Or yeah, maybe be. move it up a bit. Yes, you know, sp- that'd be okay. I'd I'd be fine huh. with it. Um, and I mean, so far I have not been disappointed with the hosts. I mean, I think Chris Rock was the. The worst of recently, but it but still wasn't, wasn't bad. bad. Um, yeah, they're kind of. I think Kimmel's like replacement level. Like, like you know, you could do better, but like he's fine. Yeah, I'm okay with him right now. I I wouldn't mind him hosting again this year. Like, that's fine. Anyways, moving on. Uh, one other bit of news. Um, so. We all know about that CBS All Access streaming platform that took the world by, I want to say, drizzle. Um, by partly cloudy. <laughs> with a chance of rain. Chance of rain. But it was a strong chance. Yeah. Uh, and they, they put out Star Trek Discovery was their like headliner. And everybody was like, oh, cool, a new Star Trek. I have to pay for it? And it kind of fizzled away. I, I've heard decent things. I'm not a Trekkie, um, so I have no interest. Um, I know well, you guys I, watched a couple episodes and said it was it wasn't bad. I didn't. Well, John and Chris did. I, I saw I saw half of one, and it was like obviously not enough to go in and buy yeah. it. I think I think they dismissed their showrunners, which would already be their second or third showrunner <sighs> of this thing. Ouch. Yeah. Um, but that's not the big news, obviously. The big news is that... I think the big news for me is the fact that they have a Trek con. Did not know this. That surprises right. you? Well, that, I'm, I'm surprised... How does that surprise you? Oh, because I've never heard of it. That's why that's I'm surprised. The, but these are the these are the alpha nerds. True. Yeah. It's like if anyone's going to have a con, it's them. Right. But uh, so at TrekCon, they announced that they're doing a new... Not uh, not a spinoff, not an appearance by, but a new show following Jean, uh, was it Jean Luc Picard? Yep. Uh, Patrick Stewart's coming back, people. 
Um, on a scale of one to ten, what is your ex- one being meh, ten being oh boy? How excited are you? Uh, confused five. Confused five, John. What about you? You know, I I really like the next gen movies. I've seen a decent amount of the episodes, although probably like maybe ten percent. Um, I'm actually pretty intrigued by this. I honestly don't. I don't know if this is going to get me to pull the trigger on CBS All Access. Spoiler alert: it probably won't. But like <laughs> this, oh yeah, if, if you had to come up with just one Star Trek show, this is probably the most interesting one I could think of. Yeah. When when I read that he was reprising his role, um, I thought it was cameo. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah. thought, oh, he was going to be on Star Trek Discovery. When I, I thought found they out- were going to be super desperate because they had a bunch of you know Star or Star Trek the original series people show up on Next Gen. Like there yeah. were a bunch of episodes like that. Like Scotty's like stuck in a tractor beam in one episode. <laughs> For like 40 years and no one tells them anything. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm very, very intrigued. Like, I enjoyed the movies. Like, I mean, Generations is, for me, a great movie. Um, I wish this was one. just on CBS. I really would just love yeah. to be watch and this. It, I hate the fact that everybody's trying to go streaming platform. It just pisses me off. It's a new way to make money. Yeah. Uh, that's why you just you know get a fire stick, and you don't have to. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I like this is huge news for a Trek fan. Like, and even like Patrick Stewart was like super excited. Like in his like little memo, he was like, when we wrapped up on the last movie, you know, I thought it was over. It was kind of a sad moment, and I'm so happy to go back and revisit this character and stuff like. This is big news for a, a well, fan. I mean, he's never going back as a uh, Professor X. That's so. true. Maybe yeah. no. And I mean, might not be I, anybody for a while. Patrick Stewart. I mean, it's not like the dude has his own island, but like he's like probably lives a comfortable life. Like he yeah. doesn't have to do this unless like he wanted to. Yeah, he's right. sitting on that waiting for Godot money. Yeah, mm-hmm. him and uh, was it uh, Ian McCollum? Ian McCollum. Best friends for life, right there, which is so weird. Yeah, but they did they did waiting for to go ah Godot together. Yeah, yeah. Like, is it a movie? No, it. Uh, they did it a play over yeah. in uh, England. No, I think it was in New York. Was it in New York? Yeah. Oh. They might uh, they might have traveled. I don't oh. know. but yeah, they. Oh hey, non non nerd news for just because I know Sam enjoys this movie and I think you do too, Sean. Uh, Brian Cranston, they're doing a version of Network on the stage in Broadway, and Brian Cranston's like starring in it. <laughs> Haven't heard no. Brian Cranston's name in a while. Anyway, really? Yeah, well, what has he been in recently uh, since Godzilla? Um, he's been in something. Oh, what, in that he, LBJ thing. Oh yeah, all yeah. the way. That was all right. He was on was uh, Capote. Was that no? Oh, yeah, that was years through, ago. Um, yeah. No. He was in, in something recently. But like, anyway. Not like he was. I, I know he's going to be in an episode of Better Call Saul soon. Whoa, do dude. What the fuck? What? We're, this is a Saul spoiler-free podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Never knew we uh, we put that down. I didn't know the news was uh, you, you off the table during the news segment. You didn't know that uh, <laughs> that John is a Saul head? <laughs> 
Sorry, John. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but anyways, back to Star Trek. I mean, that's big news. Like, yeah. I mean, if I was really into Star Trek, this then it'd be like, ooh, maybe I do get the CBS All Access. I, I feel like this is. Uh, I mean, it, it's different, but from a Star Wars fan's point of view. It's kind of like them announcing, hey, we're doing a new trilogy with the original characters kind of news, where it's like, oh, really? You're bringing it back? Oh, man, this is going to be awesome. So Star Trek fans, prepare to be disappointed. (laughs) I guess what pisses me off the most about CBS All Access is that, like, they literally already have it. It's called Showtime. It's owned by CBS. Like, I don't understand why they need to have another one. Like, if this is on Showtime, I would never not buy Showtime. Like, I would just keep Showtime, like, year-round. Yeah, there's a body of work already existing in Showtime that makes it worth buying. Yeah. Right. CBS uh, CBS All Access, it's literally these two shows. But you can watch all the reruns. And Frasier and Cheers. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, boy. Or you can just buy the seasons on Blu-ray, DVD. Or it's probably going to be cheaper as a whole if you do that. You could probably get all of Frasier for like twenty bucks these days. Mm. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> you just blew John's mind. Um. All right. Is there any other news you guys can think of? Um, no. Okay. Um. Well, this past weekend, a uh, few movies dropped, but uh, most importantly for me. A uh, movie I've been excited for pretty much all year since they announced it uh, is Christopher Robin. Very excited for this movie. Um, basically, they were like, Ewan McGregor's in it. I'm like, you got me. And they're like, but, you know, Jim Cummings does voice. I'm like, trust me, you already got me with Ewan McGregor. I know it's going to be entertaining. And uh, boy, was I right. <laughs> um, the critics gave this movie horrible reviews. But I I shouldn't say horrible. They were like fifties, like meh. That's, that's but, not that's not great. No, yeah. no. And so I went in kind of like not skeptical. I was like, how how are you going to give this movie that poor of a review? And like I was a little worried going in. Um, after sitting through it, um, yeah, the critics are wrong. I wouldn't say this was an amazing movie, um, but it was very enjoyable. And I, it's uh, the biggest buzz about this movie is apparently it makes guys cry. Not girls, not women, but grown men have been reporting that they are coming out of this movie crying I mean, multiple I, I, times. I can see that. This is focusing on an adult Christopher right. Robin coming back in touch with his childlike right. self and his and it, it's, childhood it's, imagination. It's it's kind of it is like happy sad. The whole movie like not like a few parts, like the whole movie is like a very happy sad uh kind of movie. Um and it's funny because like majority of girls like Winnie the Pooh but it's the guys who are ta- like are feeling the emotion from this movie, which is kind of funny. Is Winnie the Pooh more is popular? Is that? With are you yeah. saying you cried, Sean? I, I teared up quite a few times during this movie. Well, um, not gonna lie, uh, that must it must have a significant impact then. Yeah, like it's it just the yeah. Whole... We all know Sean's a stone cold <laughs> emotionalist bastard. Hey, I only cry a few times, like in Jurassic Park when they first see the Brachiosaur. <laughs> 
Even like I'll watch that clip and I'll be like, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's a brachiosaur. They do, they do travel in herds, don't oh they? Oh my god, moving <laughs> <laughs> <It> herds. <laughs> You have a T-Rex? I have a T-Rex. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, that's me during that scene. Like, I could just be like, I can turn that scene on. And once, it, like, the music builds up, I just, I feel that little tear in my eye. And I'm like, oh, man. I'm going to get crazy choked up. Little bitch, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John, do you not get choked up during that scene? I absolutely get choked up during Thank that you. scene. Thank <laughs> you. He's pointing to the dinosaur. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. That's so, like my childhood, right? There, right. right. That's so right like. The field. So like the thing with Winnie the Pooh is like I don't even think you need to be attached to Winnie the Pooh. Just the fact that the underlying theme of the film is that Christopher Robin grew up, grew out of these characters, like forgot about them, and it's like him as an, a working adult rediscovering his childhood rediscovering his imagination and it just kind of like as an adult you're kind of like oh i miss those days like where you could just go outside and play by yourself pretending that you're like there's a scene where he attacks and kills a heffalump while all the characters look on thinking he's attacking something but obviously he's just making it up it's just kind of like Oh, I remember I used to do stuff like that and like use Killed my imagination. Shit ton of now, if I do that, the police are called. Yeah, because kind of kind of like a Toy Story three vibe. Almost. Yes, yes, like yeah. it, very much so. Um, yeah. And heffalumps are endangered, so yeah, well, they're also out to you know kill you. Apparently, woozles and heffalumps. Uh, beware! Oh, don't get me started about woozles. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I mean, I was I was very happy with this film. Um, the don't listen to the the critics; uh, they don't know what they're talking. I mean, it can be cheesy at moments. Obviously, I mean it's it's a Winnie the Pooh film. Um, like the ending is kind of like, well, of course it's going to end this way. Um, but like, I give it a Just solid. Look at the flowers, Winnie. Just look at the flowers. <laughs> um. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I give it a solid eight, like, which is much higher than, because like, I'm looking at the other films and I'm like, Winnie the Pooh was actually like, or sorry, Christopher Robin was like, it's a good movie. I, I don't understand what the, uh, the critics were talking about. Um, if you haven't seen it or if you like Winnie the Pooh or if you're a man and you're ready, like you're good for a good cry. I mean. It's worth it. Definitely, definitely worth it. Anyways. <laughs> um, what's, uh, what's your rating, dude? I gave it an 8. A solid wow. 8. It's funny you say that about the critics, because it doesn't strike me as like a movie. Like There's plenty of movies you see with like low critical response, and you're like, well, yeah, no shit. It's not that kind of movie. Yeah. But this... Would wouldn't wouldn't strike me as one that would be the case. Yeah, it, like it doesn't have very. I think it's considered fresh in Rotten Tomatoes, but barely. Yeah, uh, and then I think the meta score is like a fifty-six or something like that. Like I on Thursday and fr- well, I think the the reviews came out for uh, like Thursday night, and like once they dropped, I looked at it, and I was like, crap, 
this movie's gonna be bad. Like maybe the critics are cold-hearted bad. That's what I think it is. Like I don't know what. The, like did the critics see a different version of this film as I did, or like, I mean, I'm I, I'm no offense to Chris, but I'm not like Chris. I don't. I'm not like crazy with my uh, with my grading scale. All over the place. Yeah, like, so I'm like I'm I I don't know. Like, what did I see that he didn't, uh, or that they didn't? So. Still sort of weird in my eyes that there's two movies about Winnie the Pooh slash the creator of Winnie the Pooh within, like, six months of each other. Yeah. Have you seen the other one? No. Goodbye, Christopher Robin? No. Weirdly, the meta score is almost exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That one I, I really didn't have any interest in seeing. But, like, yeah, Christopher Robin, like, I, I can't say more about like you should probably go see it. It's not a bad movie. Gotta poo it up. Okay. Yeah. Um so our last movie that two thirds of us watched, Sam. Right. Oh god damn it. <laughs> I was confused on which movie it was. Apparently when he read Extinction, he read it as Annihilation. Oh, you watched Annihilation? No, I couldn't find Annihilation. <laughs> I was Wait, trying oh, to. So you, so you just chose not to watch Annihilation either. I didn't choose not to watch it. I couldn't. I think Sam chose not to read our text. He just like glanced at it and was like, oh, okay. When I, at no point in our text conversation do we mention the movie Annihilation. It said Extinction. I didn't know about the Netflix one. And it's the same fucking word. Uh, one's an A, the other one's an E, Sam. And they mean the same damn thing. And they're two completely different movies as well. One has Michael Pena, the other doesn't. Uh, I don't know about that one. Well, I guess Sean and I yep. watched um, Extinction, which is a Netflix original movie uh, starring Michael Pena and Lizzie Kaplan and yep. Mike, Mike Coulter. Coulter, who for, for a short time was the most interesting part of the movie, recognizing that that was Luke Cage. <laughs> um, anyway, it's about this guy. It's about Michael Pena, who's living in a uh, sort of near distant future. Uh, version of Earth. It's with like a his... utopia almost, because it's very peaceful. Yeah. Everybody nice seems zo- nice. The zoning laws seem pretty good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it just struck me like, oh, you know, it's nice when like the skyscrapers are kind of far away like that, but sort of still kind of together. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, Michael Pena plays a guy who works at a thing, and his wife does a job in a thing. But Michael Pena keeps getting flashbacks or these like hashed memories, yeah, of like of uh, like, a, like an, aliens coming, like to an Earth invasion and, kind of thing, and people dying, and yeah. yeah. Do we want to <laughs> do? Do we want to give like a five minute without spoilers? Yeah, go or? go. We'll go five minutes, no spoilers. Yeah, I mean, part of me is almost like, well, are, is it a spoiler that we just said there's spoilers? Um, in any movie where someone has like weird flashbacks that like maybe are real, maybe not, you gotta, there's going to be a twist somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this, this movie, I, I went into this movie, like I went through the IMDB reviews and like, they kept saying like, spoiler the twist. And I was like, Ooh, there's going to be a twist in this movie. So I was like, okay, you know, kind of piques my interest a little bit knowing that there's going to be a twist kind of like, uh, I guess. Early Shyamalama Ding Dong days, being yeah, like, we'll oh, do, 
we'll do just a quick one here without yeah without any spoilers. I thought overall the movie gets a little bit better as it goes along. Yes, um, I completely agree. The beginning is very slow, and I feel like in a normal movie that was probably released into theaters, uh, the first act probably would have lasted another half hour of character development and really getting to understand these visions he's having. Um, yeah. Whereas with this film, because it wasn't released in theaters, it was only an hour and a half, which I was perfectly fine with that length. Um, I felt I like think, any longer would have kind of hurt it. You know, with the beginning, because like it's it's funny because almost exactly as long as I was like willing to like put up because like you you kind of seen this before. Yeah. Like this movie has a very sort of its own meaning of get your ass to Mars. Yes. Um, yes which we can talk about in a minute. Um, <laughs> you know, so you've kind of seen this before. It's not exactly a new thing of, like, the guy with, like, ooh, why do I have this memory? This seems very lifelike and shit. So, you know, we've gone down this path before, so it's like, okay, okay, okay. But just pretty much when I was, like, done with that, it flips on to the, to the new movie where the aliens show up, and you're like, whoa, hey, yeah. check this out. Um, and I guess we've also just given away now that the alien showing up is not the twist. Nope. So anyway, yeah, I thought it was okay. I mean, the action didn't really do anything. Like, I think if this is a bigger budget movie, like there's a lot of combat that might be a little more enhanced, yeah. you know, I didn't, they weren't working with a lot. The CG I think was fine for what it was yeah it, like, like it, it was a little cheap but especially like, with like the of, red backgrounds you could obviously tell it was a blue, like a green screen um and oh, even, even like there's that train sequence um that right at the is, end yeah that like it's so yeah, that's, obvious but it's like hey we ran out of money but right, it was kind of cool but yeah but it's you know i if this movie was released in theaters, it would have had a bigger budget. And I feel like right. it would have, you know, the, that kind of like polishing would have been much better. Um, yeah, so I, I can mean, look past kind that of, kind of stuff. I guess Netflix is in this weird space of like, they're making like highly competent sci-fi channel movies. And that's even like a little harsh, but yeah. like, you know, I think I was ready to write this movie off for at least the first, like, half or maybe 30 minutes of like oh this is kind of like the other two pieces of shit we watched earlier right, um, which right. were uh, mute. the Cloverfield one and Mute Yeah, and I was like why do we keep doing this to ourselves <laughs> and this movie truthfully you know if you got nothing, if you got nothing going on a Friday night you could do worse you, it's, it's, oh, yeah. and if you like sci-fi it's it's not bad I think, it's, I think it's as short. a sci-fi I think it's a solid sci-fi kind of like plot low budget sci-fi like like it yeah, it's did, like a c plus kind of movie you know yeah, like, it, like it they they did a for for what they had there was an effort yeah no there was there's definitely an effort and like there was definitely a uh some details to this uh the storytelling even yeah like that that was nice like i said although it, the the intro could have been longer um but i was okay with it not because like they established characters, but they at the same time didn't like, um, so their friends that live like a couple stories down, like they kind of mentioned that they're friends, but they really don't go get into their, like, uh, like their bond, like why they're friends or like, 
really establish anything about the other people. No, like dinner with friends scene. Well, there, no, there's like a that. party. There's a party. There's a party, uh, but like Michael Pena is Sam, out. Sam, what? Guess when the aliens show up? Uh, let me guess. A couple days after the party. Oh, so right. close. Oh, Michael Pena is throwing up in the toilet the next morning, and he's like, <laughs> "Honey, I think there's aliens outside." <laughs> um, weird that an alien shows up in a party where in a movie that Lizzie Kaplan's in. I know, right? Uh, also in Cloverfield. <laughs> um, although she's is she the girlfriend that they go find? No, she's the friend at the party that goes pop. Okay. Yeah, she gets okay. bit by the little buggers. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess I guess if if you're interested at all in watching this movie, I would maybe I don't think we're gonna talk about anything else after this. So maybe maybe come back afterwards. But I think we're, I think we'll get into spoilers now. Yeah, definitely spoilers now. So overall, you know, this isn't really the spoilery part, but I didn't think the acting or like the story was like necessarily great. Like, like you said, Sean, like the characters could have been developed a little more. Mm -hmm. Like, I really didn't give a shit like if or when certain people were in danger. You yeah. know, yeah. Like it, it was kind of just going through the motions in some way. Mm -hmm. And okay, maybe you could. If you really, really want to go for it, say, well, they don't really have elaborate backgrounds because they really don't actually have backgrounds because Spoiler. they're robots. They're, right. yeah. they're synthetic they're humans. Right. Whoa. This guy essentially, he essentially made like the sequel, like three sequels to Blade Runner 2049 from now, <laughs> where you get the robot uprising. And then the humans come back to try to, like, take over Earth again. Yeah. Oh, so that's what's going on here? Yeah, so you find out. So Lizzie's Chaplin's character, she uh, gets fatally wounded. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Michael Pena then beats up one of the aliens, takes off its helmet, and it's a guy. Um, and then, Which I thought was really fucking stupid when it happened. Yeah, I was like, like... Maybe it's like a warring nation, like maybe it's something stupid. Like I didn't know what it was at first. Like I thought we were just going to go down a very stupid path when they revealed that it was a person. And did you, Sean? At first, when like the the aliens were just like shooting bullets, you're like, "Well, I haven't really seen the aliens shoot bullets before. I guess this is a thing." Although it is kind of lazy too. But yeah. then it actually made sense. Yeah. So. And like he mentioned, like Michael Pena mentions that like. The guns are very similar to their guns with the biometrics and stuff like that. Like, there's there's a couple uh, hints that it's humans attacking them the whole time. Um, but yeah, so so uh, so they take the the human alien hostage, and uh, they ask for. He's like, "Oh, I can help you guys," and so they like lock him in a room. And he starts working on her, like cutting her open, and then there's like revealed it's like a battery thing in her side. And Michael Pena's like, "What the hell is that? What did you do?" He's like, "You really don't know what you are, do you?" And then you kind of uh, put together the backstory that all these visions of the future of this alien, like uprising or invasion, mm -hmm. um, what it was is he was remembering the synthetic uprising. Uh, and all when the aliens are coming down 
uh, from his memory, what he's actually remembering is the humans evacuating. Uh, so, so like, um, there's one scene that he sees his daughter just crying, and you just see the the two what could be them lying face down, and she's going, "Mom, Dad, get up, Ma," and like crying because they're dead. And you later find out that what happened was the two girls were synthetic children to human parents and uh, they killed the parents because they were human. Uh, and so the, the, the kids were sad. So what ended up happening is Mike Coulter uh, took everybody and basically adjusted everybody's memories so they would all forget about the uprising, give them all pasts and everything. Um, so they wouldn't remember, but he still remembered or Mike Coulter still remembered. So him Oh, really? And, yeah. Cuz uh, okay. there was that whole like conversation on the train that he like he says like he never wiped his own memory, so he was always preparing for this day. Oh, okay. That's where the lie where he was like this day has been coming for a long time or something like that. He says that to uh Michael Peña's character um at one point. But Gotcha. Yeah, so I kind of fast forward a little bit at the end, so Oh, okay. Yeah. Um but yeah, you, but uh, the the way that they saved Lizzie, Cha- uh, Lizzie Chaplin's life is Michael Pena plugs into her with his own power source and yeah, gives the, her a jump start. Yeah, pretty much, and uh, that's that's how he remembers everything. Um, which I mean, it's a twist that I didn't expect from this movie, and I'm actually very surprised from that is an interesting twist yeah and it's sort of like uh if you put together like blade runner and uh it's really just ripping off all the philip k dick shit really yeah (laughs) blade runner and total recall yeah yeah it's it's one of those i can see them trying to make that twist and it just coming off as shit. Yes, yes. But it, from what you're describing, it sounds like they pulled it off. No, I, I think they definitely did. I was happy that this was... I feel like if this was released into theaters with a bigger budget, it wouldn't do very well. I think the fact that it's on Netflix is like the perfect audience. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, I think, Sean, if you actually gave this... It's actually, truthfully, the story isn't too bad. I think it's kind of failed a little bit maybe by the screenplay. Right, like the details aren't that great, but I think the story overall is good. Like I could see the story, like I could see this being like a, I don't know who, but like you could give that to like a good director and th- yeah. probably be a pretty good movie. But I th- like I, feel, I think I'm, it's fine. I'm terrified yeah. that it would balloon to like a 250 million dollar budget. Right, or yeah. be like some Michael Bay piece of shit, exactly. like the Island or something. Yeah, yeah. like that. But, that's what I'd fear from this movie if it was a uh, a full like released in theaters movie but i think yeah as a whole i i was very uh i was pleasantly surprised with this movie because i was not expecting i was expecting like another mute like a bad movie and this movie too i mean there's some big moments but like you don't have to totally be like a hundred percent engaged yeah you know like you can you can drift in and out a little bit like if you found this movie on cable you'd be okay yeah, and um, I, I'm so the the movie ends with them. We mentioned the train scene, uh, so they all make it onto a train and they go to an underground bunker where they'll hide out for a while. So it's kind of like it's a weird movie because it's like kind of a happy ending, but 
at the same time, I was sitting there like, am I happy that the synths defeated the humans? Or like, it was just like, shouldn't I be rooting for the people? And like, you you saw the picture of the the human in the suit. It looks like an alien. And it's kind of a passing comment, but it, it like it. It makes so much sense where um, the, the guy that they take the mask off, he was like, we've been gone for so long. We didn't even know if we could even breathe the same atmosphere anymore. So that's what those were. They were just specialized spacesuits. Right. So, and I mean, this is the future. Who knows what spacesuits are like in the future? So I like it's got all those like yellow bubbles. I don't know what they do, but I don't know. But um, but he mentions that it was like when the uprising happened, it was during the guy's great grandfather's time. So that's how well, much time did he say- passed. It was either great grandfather or grandfather. Either way, it was two to three generations. So I think we might have just lost John. Oh no! Oh no! Sorry. Oh. No. Okay. So okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Like it was like fifty years. I think he said. Was it 50? I thought it was more than 50 because, yeah, I guess 50 would be roughly. Because he, he, they just said, like, it was his uh, either his grandfather or great-grandfather who fought in that war against yeah. the synths. Well, then he was like, I wanted to help you because they didn't say I was going to be, like, killing, like, children and families and shit. And then I was like, well, what did you think it was going to be <laughs> <laughs> when you have to eradicate all the robots? Yeah. Like I'm not saying you're not doing a robot genocide, but like I thought it was a robot gentrification. Right? <laughs> we thought we were gonna relocate them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, pleasantly surprised with this film as a whole. Like, I don't know, John. What what for a score? What would you give it? I'm gonna give it. Yeah, it grows on me a little bit more than I'm thinking about it. I'm going to give it a 6.8, but I might be on the low side. All right. Um, I went with a 7.2, which puts it nicely between uh, The Ritual and Solo for me for this year. Um, Yeah. No, like, Sam, you should, you should watch it. Yeah, I might give it a watch. Now that you know yeah. the twist. Um, I don't mind. Or an- Annihilation, either, either way. <laughs> yeah, both, yeah, I might watch that too. Good. And uh, I don't know, that movie you're supposed to watch, Spy Who Dumped Me. I will. Don't be like Chris. I'm, I'm not I'm not Chris, all right? He, he gave up on like two movies. I'm not Chris, all right. Still has yet to see uh, Peter yeah, Rabbit. Peter Rabbit, you know, joke's on him. He's going to have to one day. Yeah. Yeah. So jokes on him. He's gonna have to see a lot of Peter Rabbits. Yeah. Hey, speaking about Chris, did I send you guys like screen caps of like Des Bryant on Twitter? Just like he's just like getting into debates with people about Dragon Ball. Yes, I think you did. Yeah, you sent us like one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there were like a hundred behind that. Oh boy. But, uh, well, I mean, he's got nothing else to do but watch Dragon Ball. Um. So, uh, some closing remarks. Uh, next time Chris is on, we'll talk uh, Attack on Titan because season three has been happening. Um, <laughs> um Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about that. Um, 
Then the new season for Venture Brothers just dropped this Sunday. So uh, I need somebody, one of you guys to watch it. It's on, like, it's on Hulu. You guys would enjoy it. Trust me. What are the, are the episodes half hour or short? Half hour. Okay. Or, well, 20 minutes. Um, the, it, you have to get through the first season because, so the first season, it's like, it, it's kind of, it makes fun of, um, was it Johnny Quest? And like okay. the Hanna Bar, uh, was it Hanna Barbera, whatever cartoons? It basically is a parody of that, but then it grows into its own identity, and it basically becomes um, how like evil villains and good guys are run by bureaucrats and like larger entities, and there's like board meetings on like who can hench who, and like it's hysterical, like what it's become, and. Um, yeah, so new season just started up. Uh, it, it's been like a year and a half since the last one. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like uh, Rick and Morty where they, they take a long time between seasons. But besides it being Rick and Morty, the reason for Venture Brothers taking so long is there's two writers and two directors that do the whole thing. They do everything, which is awesome. So it's their creation. They don't let anybody else do it. So, um but yeah, uh, so if if you guys can, uh, I would watch that show. That that's one of my another one of my uh, bingeable recommendations. Um, yeah, so. All right, I'll uh, maybe maybe I'll check that out. Yeah, so it's on Hulu. Yeah, check it out. Um, anything else? Any closing comments? Uh, thoughts? No, I don't got nothing. John. Um, I don't know if I threw this out there previously. Um, obviously too late to talk about it now, but first season of Succession on HBO finished up uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this show. It so, is. So what's it about? Um, uh, it's about uh this family, essentially kind of like the Murdochs, who you know there's a aging titan of industry who owns you know TV stations and newspapers and stuff like that. And, you know, he's getting older and the family's trying to figure out, you know, when is, you know, they're sort of like the heir apparent to, like, take the reins. But it's, like, very much uh, somewhere between, like, Arrested Development and Veep. Although it's not really a, strictly a comedy. It's really more of a dark comedy, if anything. Okay. Um but I think, I, think if you, if you I vaguely sort of took, remember this. If you sort of took, like, Arrested Development but made it, like, very, like, sort of serious and shit, <laughs> it'd almost be along those lines. Okay. But, yeah, is this, this is the one, this is made by Adam McKay, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who, um, who plays the uh, the father figure? Brian Cox. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's, the uh, first couple episodes are a little shaky, but then it gets, then it gets pretty good. Okay. Um... But yeah, I fucking loved this season. So I would highest highest recommendation from me. All right, sounds good. Uh, so that's two uh, nice bingeable watches that have been recommended. Um, so on that note, um, you can find all of our podcasts on uh, Stitcher, on Podbean, iTunes. Uh, answer our uh, Star Wars trivia question. Yeah, we on have Facebook. not been taken down because of our racist comments. Yeah. Um, suck it, Alex Jones. Still um, on iTunes, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, stay woke, my friends, I guess. 
Remember, the frogs are gay. Fucking <laughs> okay, goddamn it, Sam. Just got it now. <laughs>